You're listening to the Prosperous Pet Business Podcast with pet business coach Kristen Morrison, episode number 90. Welcome to the Prosperous Pet Business Podcast, where it's all about pet business challenges, real coaching, and real solutions to help you thrive in your pet business and in your life. And now, here's your host, pet business coach, Kristen Morrison. As pet care professionals, your clients trust you to care for their furry family members. Pet Sitters Associates is here to help. For over 20 years, Pet Sitters Associates has provided thousands of members with quality pet care insurance. If you work in the pet care industry or you want to make your passion for pets into a profession, you can take your career to the next level with flexible coverage options, client connections, and complete freedom in running your business. Learn why Pet Sitters Associates is the perfect fit for you and get a free quote today at PetSitLLC.com. Also, Pet Sitters Associates is offering Prosperous Pet Business Podcast listeners $15 off when you join today by using the discount code PODCAST at checkout. To find out more, go to the podcast show notes page at prosperouspetbusiness.com forward slash podcast 90. Once again, prosperouspetbusiness.com forward slash podcast 90. Hi, pet business owners. I hope you are doing well today. Before I jump on into today's interview, which is going to happen in just a moment here, I wanted to share with you some free resources. I know some of you may be struggling to get clients. You may be challenged in terms of starting your business. You may not have a lot of financial resources. And I have a number of free tools and resources available for you. So I wanted to share them with you today, again, before we jump into today's episode. So, and you can find all of these items in the show notes, which is at prosperouspetbusiness.com forward slash podcast 90. That's the number 90. Again, prosperouspetbusiness.com forward slash podcast 90. So here are some free resources besides this free podcast that I offer. So the first is I have a free stuff page on my Six Figure Pet Business Academy website. And you will find that link in the show notes. I have a number of booklets that you can download. I have a lot of access to templates like a rate increase email that you can send your clients. You know, you're probably not going to want to do that right now as we're in the midst of a pandemic and hopefully coming out of it soon. But now is not the right time, obviously, to raise your rates, but at least so you can be ready to do that in the future when things begin to pick up again. So just so you know that that is there and I would just go to the free resources, the free stuff page, and just see what calls to you on that page. And you're welcome to get any and all of those items on there. And again, I will have a link to that on the show notes page, prosperouspetbusiness.com forward slash podcast 90. You can also go to the homepage of my website where you can become 
an email newsletter subscriber and I send tips and tools. I also send updates about upcoming webinars that I offer, talks that I'm giving. I'm going to be on Clubhouse. For those of you that are on Clubhouse, I've been invited by a number of people lately to speak on Clubhouse. And to be fully honest with you, I signed up in January because I knew that some people were going to be asking me to speak in their Clubhouse rooms. And I signed up just to reserve my name, filled out you know, what I needed to fill out, and then just promptly forgot about it. <laughs> and so now the speaking engagements are coming and people are saying, okay, we're going to be setting these up. And so now I'm back on there and eager to connect with you on there. So I'm going to be also putting a link to my Clubhouse name. And if you're on Clubhouse, you can find me at Kristen Morrison and be sure to spell it with two I's. That's K-R-I-S-T-I-N. A lot of people like to put that E in there, but you want to put the two I's. Think of Kristen with two I's. Kristen Morrison. That's how you're going to find me on Clubhouse. And I look forward to connecting with you. And if we're connected on there, you'll be able to come and attend the free talks that I'm going to be giving about pet business success. And those will be live. It'll be fun to connect with you. I am so excited. So just wanted to throw that out there. Also, if you haven't yet connected with me on my blog, that can be a great way to get free information. I often have tips and tools on my blog. So again, you can find that at Six Figure Pet Business Academy. Dot com and go to the blog and you'll find it there. The other resources that you may want to check out are if you go to my Instagram, Pet Biz Coach. I often have tips and tools on Instagram. I have a Facebook group and we have over 3,300 pet business owners from around the world on there. And I warmly welcome you. So there will also be a link to the Prosperous Pet Business Facebook group on the show notes page. So one more time, I'm going to give you the show notes page because it has all of these details and links and it'll make it really easy for you to, to access all these free resources. Prosperouspetbusiness.com forward slash podcast 90. And now we are going to jump into this interview. So Jason and Sylvia from the Dogish podcast interviewed me a number of weeks ago, and it was a really fun interview. And they asked me a lot of fun questions. The focus of the interview was about starting a pet business, but we don't just land there. We also go to, you know, lots of topics, how to not burn out in your business, the power of saying no, just so many things, how to handle difficult clients, some morning practices that I do that really help me get started in powerful, potent ways each day, how to fire your clients, <laughs> those clients that are really difficult. So this podcast episode is jam-packed with information to help you in your business right now. So I want to thank Jason and Sylvia from the Dogish Podcast for letting me release this 
episode of theirs on my podcast, Prosperous Vet Business. I really appreciate that. There will be a link to their podcast in the show notes as well. And I really recommend that you check out their podcast. It's a fun podcast. And, you know, you'll learn a lot about dogs, about business, so many things. So check it out. And now we're going to dive into this interview with me and Jason and Sylvia, starting with how to start a pet business, but then it goes into so much more. See you on the other side of this interview. Jumping straight into the business conversation, what an asset that is to have in your oh. world. Like the number of times that I've wished that somebody could just kind of help me make sure that I'm wording I things know. properly. Like, exactly. Is, well, is you that know, where you kind of got started with all of this or like, well, how'd you get started into pet business? Well, yeah. And first I'll, I'll actually start with my husband. So I met him three months before I sold my business and he noticed the contract that the business broker sent me and said, and we were just dating at the time, you know, and he said, I really want to help you with this. I don't think you're going to be happy with this contract. I want to help. And I was very resistant to it because we were just starting to date. And it's like, I don't want you to be, you know, mixing business with pleasure, you know, all that. But he was very helpful and he has been very helpful in my business. And I'm grateful for that. So yeah, I started my business in 1995. And before I started, I had always loved animals as a lot of people who are now into the pet care industry or people that are interested, you know, have had a deep love for animals that that's me as well. Ever since I was just as far back as I can remember, I just absolutely love animals and knew at some point I would want to work with them. I couldn't figure out what I wanted to do. I thought I wanted to be a vet. I worked at a vet hospital. I was assisting in surgery just as an assistant. I wasn't a vet tech or anything. And I fainted when I saw blood. And uh, that would so be that, me. <laughs> yeah. So that really dashed the dream of like, oh, I'm going to be a veterinarian. It was like, nope, that's not going to happen. And so I just dabbled in things, exploring different opportunities and wasn't finding it. And then one day I saw a woman, I didn't even know that dog walking was a thing, that it was actually something that you could do sure. as a profession or yeah. even work for somebody that had a business. Again, this is in the you know mid nineties and there was a woman walking a dog and she had a dog walking. Clearly it was a dog walking company t-shirt on. And I stopped her and I said, do you have a dog walking business? And she said, I do. Do you want to work for me? And it was one of those moments, like even every time I tell this story, you guys, I get chills because it was one of those, like absolutely one of those moments that things shifted and I didn't mm. know it at the time, but mm. looking back, I can see, and the way that I just said yes, so effortlessly, it was, it was such a yes for me. And so I ended up interviewing with her and began working for her as a dog walker. And three months later, I realized this is what I'm supposed to be doing. I absolutely love this, getting paid to walk dogs, exercise, be with animals. It was such a dream come true. And so I started my business and that was in 1995. But the thing is, I'd never owned a business before. I was in my mm -hmm. mid-20s. 
I had always worked for others, mm-hmm. you know, and mm-hmm. never really known if I even had that motivation that is required as a business owner. And it was a really big growth opportunity for me in the beginning. I mean, I really didn't know what I was doing, number one. I didn't really know how to motivate myself to be self-employed, to work from home, you know, the office work from home, and then, of course, caring for the animals in their home and, and walking them. And it was just a huge opportunity to learn about business, which is something I was super resistant too, because I always pictured business people as like really stuffy and boring and very straight laced and like, you know, you have to be suits and ties and yeah, and just board I, meetings. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it's definitely changed, you know, this many years later, but, but that really was what it was like as a business owner, <laughs> you know, in the nineties, at least what I witnessed and it wasn't anything I was interested in, but what I was interested in was working with animals. And so I thought, if I can make this business into a creative venture, then I can run a business. Like I can wrap my brain around that. But if it's going to be this kind of nine to five or, you know, just regimented thing, I'm not interested. And so I really just through trial and error learned how to create a business in a way that was creative and that worked for me and my lifestyle. And because of that, you know, it's led to me being very passionate about that and assisting others in creating that for themselves. Right. Okay. So you, um, you started out as a pet, like a dog walker and then did you do anything? (laughs) I love the, I love the bark. That was, thank you. Thank you, Poe. That's right. Exactly. Yeah. It's a little exclamation mark. Mm -hmm. Dog walker. Yep, that's right. That's Every hilarious. time you thank you. Yes, his timing is apropos. If you don't know, I'm in the dog business. So yes, I do. Evident. And, and obviously you've taught him English. Yes. Yes. Poe dog walker. Only when you Didn't do work. it. Okay. I don't even know how he hears you through these headphones. I know. I don't know. That's great. Oh my gosh. So what, what, was, you what was your transition? Because I mean, now you have five books. At least that's what I saw, right? So you've got five books and you've got an entire academy that is just dedicated to helping people launch this dream. But I mean, there had to have been a a journey from the the dog walking to to this. Yeah. So like I said, I started my business in 1995. And so at that time, you know, there was Pet Sitters International, which is an association. I got some of my information from there. But besides that, there really wasn't any learning opportunities. And so I really had to learn on my own. And I began to read books. That was my primary way to learn because I didn't want to get a business degree, but I did need to learn Mm. how to run a business. It was not a want, but a need in order to be successful. And so I basically enrolled myself in my own business school. You know, I'd run my business during the day. And then at night I would read my books and you know, take notes. And that was my business academy. And through that, I began to increase my business. And I ended up hiring people. um, And that was a real learning curve. I had never hired anybody before. I'd always had bosses, but never been a boss to that point. And so that was a really big experience for me that I had to really learn. So it sounds like, so a lot of this was self-taught. So like from the beginning, just kind of 
jumping in and, and getting your feet wet and, and kind it of was. figuring it out from there. Yeah, it was. And also seeing what worked. So some things in the books didn't work for this type of business. You know, it was like throwing pasta at the wall, like some sticks, some doesn't, you know, sure. what stuck for me was something that I would continue doing. If it didn't work, then I wouldn't, I would usually try it a couple of times just to make sure, but yeah, so it really was like what works for me and what doesn't. Okay, so we're sitting here uh, talking with Kristen and learning all about uh, her transition from being a dog walker into uh, five books and an entire academy helping people launch their pet businesses. And we were just uh, learning um, her beginning stages of making that transition. And Kristen, you were saying that it was really kind of a self-taught thing and that you would just, you would kind of put something out there to see what worked and give it a few tries. Mm -hmm. Can you remember like even one or two things, one thing that you yeah. were like that really made that jump for you? So one of the things was really determining, like starting at the beginning, really determining what services to offer. So it wasn't just mm. what do my clients need, but what do I enjoy? You know, I didn't have staff members at that point. So I was doing it and I knew that I wanted to do things that I enjoyed. So what I enjoyed was I enjoyed dog walking. I enjoyed pet sitting. Um, I love taking care of bigger animals like horses and goats and pigs, things like that, livestock. Where were you um, living there were, at the time? Yeah, was, where were you living? Yeah. So there weren't a lot of those bigger animals that I was taking care of, but I was living in Marin County at the time. And that's where I started my business and had it. And then I later expanded to Sonoma County. Okay. So I ended up covering about 40 towns um, when wow. I sold my business. Yeah. I mean, not me, but you know, my staff and then two, two very large counties, but it started in one little town called Tiburon, which is some people may know it. It's a very beautiful town, which is where I lived at the time. It means shark in Spanish. Right. Yeah. And it's, it's very affluent. I wasn't affluent at the time, but it was a very affluent area, which was very great for me to yes. start because a lot of people didn't uh, even know in other areas in Marin County, they didn't know that pet sitting and dog walking was the thing. It was an actual thing that you could, you know, they would get their neighbors. Whereas in Tiburon, people did know about it. They were used to traveling. They were used to hiring people to walk their dogs. So it was a really good place for me to start because it wasn't a well-known business at the time, but in that particular town it was. So what I, what I discovered was really needing to determine what my services would be, which were not only services that I enjoyed, but services that my clients needed. So that was mm -hmm. the very first thing. The second thing was naming my business. So I initially... I didn't realize how important a business name was. And I had initially my first name in my business name, which when I'm coaching pet business owners, I really discourage against that when they're first starting. I mean, if they've been in business for years and they don't want to expand, then it's clear that's fine. But what happened for me is what happens for a lot of people. They start small and then they realize, wow, I really want to grow this thing or the business wants to grow. You know, sometimes we have to listen to what the business wants right. and follow that lead, the lead of our business speaking to us. And so that was what happened for me. I, I misnamed my business. Mm. And a year later, I had to change the name. And that was 
harder than you would imagine. It, you know, I had to let my clients know up until that time I had, you know, done a lot of branding, marketing. So I had to rebrand, which is expensive for a, mm. you know, year old business owner. And so that's something that I would really encourage people interested in starting any kind of pet business to really deeply consider, not just, you know, the short term goal of like, I want to start, but the possibility that you may want to grow extraordinarily big. Like I wasn't anticipating that my business so, would grow. So what did you end up settling on? My initial name was Kristen's Daycare for Dogs. And there okay. wasn't daycare for dogs right. at that time. I mean, it was kind of ahead of its time in a way, sure. right? There you was, had a vision, girl. I did. But I didn't <laughs> want like, I didn't want to do a nursery for dogs <laughs> the way it is now. <laughs> what I wanted was like, I want to take care of dogs during the day. Like that was my thing. And so then I realized people would call and say, oh, can I drop my dog off? And I'd be mm. like, no, this business isn't that. It's me coming to you. So it was confusing. And that's yeah. when you know you haven't picked the right name when people are really yeah. confused <laughs> and asking you what, you what your name means, you know, and what you do. So what I realized about a year into owning my business is that I did need to change the name. And I had settled on a couple different names, but I just couldn't determine which one was right. I asked a bunch of people, friends and family, and they were kind of split down the middle. And so I couldn't really do anything until I chose the right name. And so I did something that a friend of mine at the time, she's a dream researcher. And she said, Kristen, you know, whenever I'm having difficulty making a decision, I incubate a dream. And what that looks like is I put a question out before I go to bed. Okay. Like, what do I do? And you spell it out like very simply and distinctly and write it down too. And so my question was, what do I name my business? Mm. And I would say it before I went to bed. And it took about three weeks until I had a dream. And in the dream, I saw my car was a Honda, was it like a Honda Civic. It was a really funky car, you know, but I'd round up the dogs and put them in this sedan, yes. basically, you know. That was and, my first dog walking oh, car too. Yeah. I was in a sedan. <laughs> it's so comfy though. I love Listen. driving. Really fun. Yeah, but it stunk to high heaven. Anyway, so after a while, the dog ate the back seat. It was not pretty, yeah, but the Toyota Avalon. So, yeah. Oh, there you go. <laughs> But, you know, what I saw in my dream was so clear. It was the one of the names. The, the, one of the names was Woof Pet Sitting and Dog Walking Service. And I saw Amazing. it on a magnet on my car. And I saw all these happy pet owners. Some were holding fish bowls. You know, <laughs> some were that. holding horses and dogs and cats and all kinds of animals. And when I woke up, I just went, that's it. That's the name. And I went to City Hall and I... I got that name that day. I just didn't waste any time. And I ended up getting the trademark for it too, which is absolutely crucial. Mm. You know, for those listening who have a business name that is really near and dear to their heart, I would say definitely trademark it. And, you know, I initially trademarked mine through the United States Patent and Trademark Office and it got rejected. And so I hired a trademark attorney to see if that would help. And it did. He actually was able to push it through. I hadn't done it 
quite correctly, which is what a lot of people do when they're trying to trademark. So if your name has gotten rejected because you've done it, you know, done the application process, I would recommend spending some extra money and hiring a trademark and patent attorney to help you. And, you know, some of the low cost ways that you can find one is to Google or search online for low cost legal aid. Um, That's a good way to do it. You can also contact your nearest SCORE. If you're in the U.S., Service Corps of Retired Executives, Um, they sometimes have retired uh, attorneys on staff that will help you and they're volunteers. So that can be a great way to get free legal advice. Jason, um, I'm feeling a, I'm feeling a trademark in our future. Yeah, I would recommend it. Where's my notebook? Where's my notebook? <laughs> yeah. No, but so, you know what? This is, this is so wonderful. And, and I definitely like having come from like pet sitting myself. And, you know, when I got started in 2012, it was still a relatively new business. You know, mm-hmm. people were like, you're, I remember telling my parents and they were like, you do what for a living now? Where? Who? Um, you know, but living in Los Angeles, having the affluent community definitely was a big help. But I think knowing that you're on the business and coaching sitters and coaching these people, what I would want to share with pet owners out there is what should they look for in a pet sitting business when they're Mm -hmm. out there hiring? What tells them like, this business is reputable. These people are trustworthy. I can let Mm -hmm. this person into my home. There's a lot of different options out there now. And, um, and not a lot of, like you were saying, there's not a lot of education for pet sitters. Like anyone can do it. So that's right. As a, as a pet owner myself, like how would I go about finding a great dog walker, a great pet sitter? So a lot of people will think about WAG or Rover as like the quick, easy option. It's an app. They can go on. But the thing is, a lot of people, I'm not saying all of them because I know it's not true, but a lot of them are fly by night. You know, they're doing it part time. They're probably going to be out of the business in a year. They're not even in a business. They probably don't have a business license, a lot of them. So what I would recommend is really finding somebody within your community that has an actual business. And, you know, not only is that, it's supporting a local business owner as well, which is really important, especially these days, right? Mm -hmm. You know, we're all really conscious of supporting our community. And so that's a way to do it. What you want to look for besides finding somebody who actually has a reputable business is to make sure that they are license. So they have a business license. It doesn't mean that they're licensed as a pet sitter or dog walker, dog trainer. I mean, that's important too. You could, you know, in a lot of the professions that are pet related, you can find licenses for those, but really you're looking for somebody that has a business license that is insured and bonded. Bonded is basically theft insurance. And even if they're self-employed, if it's just them, it's still important you know, it's important to know that you're being covered, you know, if something should go missing. The other thing you want to, I really recommend that you do check references. I would recommend not just going with the review sites that they may Mm. send, but actually, you know, seeing if they'd be willing to give you a couple client names and numbers of people in your actual area and talking to them and saying, you know, what was your experience with them like? Like, was there anything you wished that they had done? or not done, you know, 
Um, and if they're good, likely those are going to be really great phone calls. No, not necessarily, but usually. <laughs> it's hard be to please everybody. Those. I know it is. The other thing is, you know, and this is so important in life and in business is listening to our gut. So somebody may mm. look great on paper and, or on the computer. And I, you know, went through this a number of times when I was hiring pet sitters and dog walkers to work for my company. I hired over 250 dog walkers and pet sitters in the course wow. of the 18 years that I had my business. When I sold it, I had 35 um, dog walkers and pet sitters. But as a result of that, you know, having that experience of hiring so many people, I really learned to listen to my gut. Mm. It was not about, I mean, you know, the application was very important. The references were important, but ultimately, you know, would I want to leave my animals in the care of this person, my home in the care of this person? You know, how do I feel in their presence? Are they able to look me in the eye or are they kind of shifty? You know, these are yeah. all things that are really important to take note of. And, you know, we often discount our initial impression, but you know, if you've read the book by Malcolm Gladwell, The Tipping Point, it's about how we make decisions in the blink of an eye. Mm -hmm. And, it, you know, a lot of us don't listen to that. And we need to, when, especially when it comes to hiring somebody to work in our business or to care for our pets and right. be in our home. Well, I think you could reverse engineer all that same advice for being the pet sitter. Like when you're going, Absolutely. you're right. Like That's right. Take the, take the same advice and, and kind of flip it. That's a really good point, Jason. I love that you brought that up. Yeah. The power of saying no. Oh, you know, it's, that, uh, it's yeah. huge. <laughs> you know, it's funny because I, I'm in the middle of, um, I have a 30 day pet business challenge that I'm leading right now. And, and I did a Facebook live for that group today. And uh, was talking about the power of no and how hard it is. So hard. To say no when you're first starting, it gets easier the more you do it. It's like working a muscle at the gym. But, you know, what I've discovered, and I was sharing this this morning in the Facebook Live, is, you know, business has been my greatest teacher in my life. Uh, it has brought me some of my greatest joy and it's brought me some of my greatest pain you know, mm -hmm. when things haven't worked. And it's been such an amazing teacher. It's taught me how to say no. It's taught me how to set boundaries. Self-advocate. That's right. Yeah. And, you know, how to take care of myself. You know, I could work 24 seven, but that doesn't serve me. It doesn't serve my clients. So, you know, I just think having the business be, a teacher and really looking at it as a vehicle to teach us how to be better humans, you know, um, better business owners. It's yeah. a real opportunity. Want to take what you're learning from the podcast and begin to apply it in your own pet business so you can see powerful results? The Pet Business Online Course Learning Platform can help you do that. You'll find instant access courses that can help you launch or grow your pet business starting right now. You can watch, listen, and learn from the courses right now or whenever works best for you and from wherever you're at in the world. The How to Start Your Pet Sitting and Dog Walking Business in 7 Days Online Course gives you 
step-by-step instruction and comprehensive tools to help you launch your own pet care business and get paying clients in just one week. The four-week Pet Business Catapult program provides a weekly comprehensive plan to help you create systems and strategies so you can work on your business instead of in your business. You'll also learn exactly what you need to find, hire, and train quality staff and attract high-paying, profitable clients. With these classes and the many other online classes you'll find on the course platform, you can take your pet business to a new level of growth and success starting right now. Go to PetBusinessCourses.com. That's PetBusinessCourses.com or use the online learning platform link in the show notes page to start transforming your pet business right now. You'll find many classes for all your business needs, including how to get your website higher on the search engines and how to use Facebook marketing to grow your pet business, plus many others. New courses are added monthly. These online courses provide solutions and actionable steps so you can quickly take your business to a new level of growth and profitability. And you'll receive your courses in less than 60 seconds after ordering. To find out more, go to PetBusinessCourses.com. Sylvie and I both get that like entrepreneurial drive. We had a conversation mm-hmm. about it the other day and it's, it's like yes. we're driven to want to be a part of that. Even if we weren't in the dog community, like we've just taken two passions and put them together. Mm-hmm. Working with your clients and people that are um, getting started in this, like how do you advise people that not to ruin a passion? Like, yeah, like I've seen it happen question. with photography a lot yep. where like, oh, I just love pictures so much. And then two years from now, they're like, I hate my camera. I don't yeah. like people. Like, mm. and I can see the same thing in the animal community. Yeah, burnout. Yeah. Yeah, where, big time. Where it's like, okay, this wasn't really the right decision. Maybe, maybe we should have shifted things differently. Like, do, like how do you help people figure that out? Yeah. So that is a huge pain point in the industry. And I just, I love that you brought that up because it's so crucial. And a lot of people go in, not even thinking about that. They love it just like I loved it, but Mm -hmm. you know, I suffered from burnout as well. And so some things that I've done in my own business and what I've helped my coaching clients do too, is to really look at, I mean, you know, self-care, everybody talks about self-care and I actually don't love that word. I don't think it's, you know, I think it's overused, you know, it's watered down, it's diluted. So my word these days is self-love, like instead of self-care, mm. self-love, like what are you doing today to love yourself? And oh, I love that. talks about, well, I love you. I love you, you know, but love is a verb. So it's not only like, you know, loving others as a verb, but it's loving yourself as a verb. Like, how are you actually tangibly demonstrating that to yourself? And what are you doing to give yourself the peace that you need in the midst of this challenging world right now that we're in, especially, but not only that, when business is in full swing. And so it's different for everyone. So I'll just tell you, you know, what my ways to really give myself that peace are. So for me, it really is simple pleasures. And I think the simple pleasures can be the most easy to integrate into life because, you know, they don't take a long time, but yet 
the impact of them can be substantial. So, you know, mine are anything like warm water. I love, I love taking baths. I love drinking tea, you know, that's kind of my thing. Um, but exercise is super important. Now, those who are pet sitting and dog walking may be already getting a lot of exercise, but if you're not, like I went from dog walking to actually just running my business, mm. I had to get the exercise in because that was really affecting my mood. It was affecting my body. You know, I went from walking all the time to not walking and being eight hours, eight hours of cardio a day to zero. Exactly. (laughs) That will impact the body, mind and spirit. And it's really important. And, you know, they've done studies on exercise and how impactful it is in the morning. Like people are much more likely to actually do it if they do it first thing in the morning. So, you know, my cutoff time for myself to do exercise was noon. Like I had to do it before noon. Mm. If I did it, you know, I was unlikely to do it afternoon. There was something about that. Mm -hmm. And the earlier, the better, you know, so really looking at, you know, the basics sleep, like, and are you on your phone right before you go to bed? Cause that's going to impact your sleep in a big, big way. You know, I was listening to a podcast. I love the podcast Crime Junkie. I don't know if you've heard about it. Sounds awesome. (laughs) Sounds great. It's good, but it's really dramatic, you know? Mm -hmm. And I was listening to it before bed the other night, and I had a dream about, like, it was a really, it was a nightmare, you know? Mm. Okay, I need in the news. Don't watch the news before bed, you know? All these things that are so. Forever. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Amen. Amen to that. Yeah. So, you know, those are some things, but, you know, also really looking at your schedule at the beginning of the week, what are you doing that is going to replenish you? That's not Mm. just giving to others. If you don't put it in your calendar, it's probably not going to happen. So do it. You know, it's kind of like the Nike quote, just do it. It's like that for when we're giving ourselves what we need in order to replenish, restore, renew. Yeah. I feel like what a lot of people don't realize about the pet care industry and was something that I really discovered firsthand when I had my first burnout is that it is, um, it is like, it is a service industry and more importantly, it is a caretaker role. That's right. So when you're going in, if, you know, if this is something you're looking at as like a career, cause you really love animals, like be prepared. Like you are changing your life and yep. you're now a caretaker. That's and right. So finding that moment to really caretake yourself yep. becomes extremely important. You know, um, mm-hmm. at least for me, I noticed when I first got started, I was so enthusiastic. I was so passionate. I was walking 17 dogs a day. I was doing mm-hmm. 17 dogs a day mm-hmm. as I could. And I was like 22 and I had that energy mm-hmm. and then like, but I wasn't eating because I was in my car trying right. to get to 17. Home, oh God. You yes. Know? So yes. The burnout is very real. And, it really um, is. I'm so glad you, again, I'm so glad you brought that up. And, you know, I hear from a lot of pet sitters, dog walkers, dog trainers who are eating in their car, mm. you know, and they're eating a lot of fast food because they have to just mm-hmm. eat. Like, yeah. you know, they get hangry and then they have to eat in the moment. So what can they get quick? You know, mm. 
And so preparation is really, I would say, a really big facet of recovering from burnout and preventing it is looking at, you know, what can you do to take care of yourself ahead of time before you need it? So preparing the food, you know, the night before, having snacks in the car that you can grab that are healthy and quick, you know, looking, like I said, looking at your schedule and really looking at where are you in your schedule? And you are going to be giving a lot to your clients. And, you know, one more thing about clients that I had to learn the hard way, which was what I discovered was like 5% of my clients were really challenging to deal Mm -hmm. with. And 95% were a piece of cake for the most part. And the 5% were really sapping like 95% of my energy. And so I had to like flip it and go, I don't want to do that. And my 95% Mm. of my clients are getting, you know, the leftovers for me because I'm dealing with these really challenging clients. So I began getting really rigorous about letting them go. Mm. And, or what I would do is just, you know, charge them a lot (laughs) because they were really taking a lot of my energy and I would have to, this is a good in. This is a good insider tip. If your dog walker has suddenly started raising their rates, you may be a difficult client. You might be this 5%. (laughs) You might be a difficult client. We had the same thing. Like gently breaking up with someone. We had the the conversation at the studio many times that Mm -hmm. one piece of bad news carried the same amount of weight of 20 pieces oh, of good news yeah. and and trying to to balance that oh, out is is really really difficult i, I don't think yeah. that we were prepared for the uh the emotional space uh, uh-huh. that, it would, that it would put into our worlds and take home and all that i do understand that it's kind of like a bad review you know one bad review right. can really it really shakes you yeah it, it can and especially pet business owners by nature tend to be sensitive mm. that is that a great talking. word yeah, yeah we're drawn to working with <laughs> we just animals. we're like we're soft we're soft and you know <laughs> yeah. we're open and vulnerable yeah. you know yeah. just like animals are and so it, you know, looking at what I what I did, and this was really helpful for me because I am also one of those sensitive people. I created a feel good file. So whenever a client sent me a note, and it was an actual file, and or a good email, like a really nice Kristen, mm-hmm. you're so wonderful. I would print mm. it out, put it in my feel good file, and you know. Then when I did get a bad review, because it happens if you've been in business long enough, you just, like you were saying, you can't please everyone. You just can't. It's impossible (laughs) when you're dealing with the public. You know, then I would get out my feel-good file and like, it would help me self-soothe, you know, that part that was like, oh God, they don't like me. You know, it's like, I'm fine. You know, they're lucky to have me. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) <laughs> no, it's so true. Yeah. I mean, I'm over here taking more notes, yeah, you know, that and falls I think into that self-love, right? Like, yeah. To yeah, really, you have to find ways of taking care of your, your emotional state just as That's much as the right. physical, just as much as the exercising yeah. and getting out and yep. trying to eat better at the very least, mm-hmm. make sure that you don't beat yourself up over every little it's mistake. It's true. What just like, my, oh, go ahead. Uh-huh. Well, what I was going to say is, um, Sylvia, one of my 
One of my kind of secret weapons that I have used for the past, gosh, over 20 years now is something called Morning Pages. And it's, uh, I found it through Julia Cameron's book, The Artist's Way. So it's not Mm -hmm. a business tool per se, but I found it to be really impactful in my business. It's basically every morning writing three pages in your journal and not editing, spell checking, just like writing and getting it out. You know, we hold so much, especially as business owners, and we're Mm. dealing with so much. And it's like getting it from the head onto the paper can be really powerful and free up our energy in order to really show up fully for ourselves, our, you know, relationships, our, our businesses. And so that's something that I've made it a practice to do, you know, a lot and not every day anymore, but you know, mm. um, I do, I still do it quite a bit and I have a, like a shed full of journals, you know, for these 20 years. And, and not only is it a way to kind of do self therapy in a way, but it's also like, I got some great business ideas as a result of doing, mm. that. you know, my to-do list would sometimes come from that journal writing. And it's a really important, impactful way to start the day in addition to the exercise, the eating well, you know, all of that. That's it can be a good way to kind of deal with the to practice mental hygiene. You know, we all need to do that. And one way is to kind of get it out from the brain. I just have to say, I'm just like totally geeking out over here because literally this morning I was talking to my assistant and I was like, I wake up and I get in my car and as I'm driving to work, I just feel like I'm in this fog of information Mm -hmm. and I can't get away from it because I have like now that, because I just recently this year became a business owner. I'd always been like a consummate. Mm -hmm. I was like the eternal independent contractor. And now I'm, I have three employees and like, it's crazy all of a sudden. Congratulations! Thank you. And so I'm just like, there's so much going on. So how serendipitous that you're like, some morning pages would be great. So uh-huh. Sylvia is taking quite a bit uh-huh. from this. And I wanted to kind of wrap everything up with this idea of, you know, going into business for yourself. This is something that I had to learn, even as an independent contractor, you know, is the idea of self-advocating and really being able to say like, this is good for me. This isn't good for me. So coming back around to that 5% of your clients who just, they're just not good for you. They're toxic. And what it looks like to fire a client. And like, I know that this is very taboo business, but it's so real. And I think whatever business you're in, you should be able to fire your clients. So talk to me a little bit about how you feel about that and how you go about that. Well, I strongly recommend it if they're a pain in the butt (laughs) and they're causing you more pain than joy, you know, consistently. Mm. I mean, everyone's going to be challenging occasionally, but not everyone, but a lot of people. So it's, you know, are they impacting you in a negative way? A lot. Um, So first thing, gentle. You want to be gentle with these people when you're letting them go. I want you to think about a challenging client that you're about to fire like an egg. You wouldn't just drop the egg because it would get all over the floor, make a mess, stink after a while, right? Mm. So difficult clients and letting them go are like that. Often difficult clients, just like animal people are very sensitive, difficult Mm. clients 
they can retaliate. (laughs) So you want to be very careful because of that. It doesn't mean that they won't. And a lot of people are afraid to fire clients because they're afraid of that negative review. And I want to say, do it anyway. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I'm just kind of giving you an overview here. So when you go to let them go, first of all, what I would do is I would contact various pet professionals who could be a good referral for them. And you can ask, you know, tell them like, be straight with them. This is a really difficult client. Here's how they're difficult. What's your difficult may not be somebody else's difficult. Mm, So, so true. but you want them to know what they're getting into and not just like give the, give this difficult client <laughs> their names. Cause they'll, you don't want to yeah. upset your fellow sitters. No, you don't. <laughs> it's not nice. So that's the first thing. Very, very important to, you know, and then once you've got like one or two who say, I'll do it, you know, I'll, I'll, I'm happy to take care of them or, you know, I'm at least willing to talk to them, then contact the client and I recommend as uncomfortable as it is to do it over the phone rather than by email mm. because email, the tone can be taken out of context. Absolutely. You know, I actually have a practice in my life, not just in business, but in life. Anytime there's a really difficult conversation, I need to have it in person or by phone. Yeah, no, I need to hear my tone. That's right. And we need to have a discussion about it you know, mm. instead of email, because email can be very charged and, and challenging, you know, t- you want to just deal with them in real time, whether it's on the phone or in person. So that's the first thing you want to get them on the phone. So you're on the phone with them. And what I would recommend saying is the most gentle thing you can say is, you know, I realize that I'm not quite the right fit for you. Mm. So you're not saying you're not the right fit for me, which is going to trigger their rejection. Just Mm -hmm. like if you were breaking up with somebody and you are breaking up with a client. (laughs) It's not you. Yeah, (laughs) I know. (laughs) Exactly. It is you, (laughs) but it's not you. (laughs) But you know, I, yeah. So you want to say that and, and, and you want to jump into, I just want to like, I want you to get the best care possible in mm. the way that'll fit your pet's needs in a way that'll fit your needs. And I, I can see that I'm not the right person to do that as much as I might like to, you know, you don't want to mm. lie. So if that's a stretch, I would leave that part out. But then I would say, you know, I do have, I did you know, check around. And I did find someone who would love to talk to you. And I think she could be, or he could be a really good fit for you. Mm. And I'd love to give you their information. And I, I'm going to really miss your pets. Like often the difficult clients have really great pets. Wonderful pets. Yeah. Not always. (laughs) Sometimes it equates a difficult dog or cat, you know, but you know, often it's harder for us to let the pets go than it is difficult people. Mm. And that can prevent us from actually doing it, but it's important, you know, and that pet ultimately will be happier with somebody who's happy to be doing it. Yeah. If you're not happy to be doing it, pets feel that they're sensitive just like you are. Yeah. If you're not happy there, you know, and that's going to just lead to that burnout. And for the client who might be listening to this and might be fearing that they are the difficult I client, love yes. you know, I just always like to reiterate, it's like, 
just like you said, what's difficult for me might not be difficult for somebody else and like someone else's capacity or personality, Mm -hmm. right? We're all unique individuals. I come from a family of 11. I have 10 brothers and sisters, but that doesn't mean I like to hang out with all 10 of my brothers and sisters. (laughs) You know what I mean? So in that sense too, Uh you know, I may have a hundred clients, but that doesn't mean I want to take all 100 clients out for lunch. Mm -hmm. No. And the clients who I don't even want to be in the same room with, like they should have somebody like you should have somebody who wants to take you out to lunch. You deserve that in a Mm -hmm. sitter as much as your sitter deserves to feel happy and competent working with you, you know, so it's Mm -hmm. mutually beneficial. Um, So I would say like, try not to be offended, roll with it and know that ultimately Ultimately, it's going to be the best for both sides, mm-hmm. you know? Yes, it will. And not only both sides, but the pets too. The pets. Yeah. 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 Which is everyone's priority in this situation. Totally. Let's be right. real. Absolutely. Yeah. That's yeah. right. I think the other good thing too is setting boundaries. Like I think mm. sometimes um, if they aren't our best friend, then we automatically put them down to like what's wrong instead of like yep. there's, mm. there's like this huge gray area of mm-hmm. average which you should really be targeting. Like, like mm-hmm. that's like Neutral. a bunch of average is awesome, right? Yeah. And occasionally the good. And, but um, like I've fallen into that trap before where it's like, if I don't want to be best friends with them, then something clearly must be wrong. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's not always the, the case. Like find some, find some rest in that. that it's that's like, right. Like mm. this is, this is easy. Like they're happy enough. I'm happy enough. Mm-hmm. We're not best friends. There's no extra obligations. That's a win. Yeah, it is. In fact, you know, for me in the beginning when I started, I I did kind of want to be friends with certain clients, but what I discovered is that gets messy, mm-hmm. you know. And so as I matured being a business owner, you know, in my business ownership, I realized I don't want to be friends with my clients because I'm working a lot anyway. And that's another thing that can lead to burnout when you're with Mm -hmm. your clients, you know, on off time. So for me, it was really wanting to detach fully. And I, and I do have clients who have become my best friends and I quickly, you know, had them go to somebody else for pet care because smart. you know, for me, it was worth it to lose the client than the friend, but you know, that's the, everyone's got to navigate that water. You know, mm-hmm. um, I try not to do now as a dog trainer, I try not to train friends, dogs, cause mm-hmm. it's just, you know, or family pets. It's, you know, it gets sticky. It, it gets, does. Yeah. yeah. It gets a little hairy. Well, and you, no pun intended, and, and yet you, and you Finish. also, yeah, I know you have to deal with the way the people are training their dogs. Mm. And so that does get sticky. It's like often it is about the human more than the dog. You're training the people mm-hmm. more than the dog in a way. So yeah. I can see that it would get really sticky for you. Yeah. Or Harry. <laughs> or Harry. Yes. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about your universities. We kind of wrap everything up here. Yeah. I'm really yeah. fascinated to hear about that. So I have six figure pet business Academy and I started it in 2010 and actually started coaching pet business owners in the year 2000. So it's been over wow. 20 years. Wow. Yeah. Congratulations. That's Thank amazing. you. Oh yeah. Thousands of pet business owners from all over the world. And, um, you know, it's interesting, even in coaching people from all over the world, 
there's so many similarities, no matter where you are in the world as a pet business owner, you know, a lot of it translates. And a lot of what we talked about today translates no matter where you're at in the world. So yeah, I offer business coaching. I have monthly webinars that I do. I have online courses. Um, One of my courses is how to start a pet sitting and dog walking business in seven days. So that's a brand new course that I am actually about to launch. Um, I've had exciting testers for it and uh, they have raved about it. So I'm, I feel great about it. It took me four months to create that course. And it's a video course with um, 25 video modules and a workbook and will just help you start a business in seven days. And then I also have a catapult online program, which is for those who've been in the pet business world for a while that really want to take their business to the next level. And I have products. I have a business startup kit for pet sitters and dog walkers. And yeah, I love, love, love helping pet business owners. And I've written five books and I'm working on my sixth book, actually just finished the writing of my sixth book. So that amazing coming out in, uh, I think March of 2021. So in in, in a couple months, a month and a half. Yeah, exactly. So it's exciting. So if any of our listeners are like dabbling yeah. and they're like, I'm going to maybe do it. Which one of your books would you say, pick this one up, read it and see if it's. Yeah. Good. So I would say 30 days to start and grow your pet sitting and dog walking business. It's not only starting, but it's growing. Mm. And that's for people who have been in business for a while that need to really expand. And it's also for people who are considering, they're like, do I want to do this? It's a 30-day book, and it's an audiobook on Audible, and it's also on Amazon in paperback or Kindle version. Love that. Amazing. Kristen. Uh, it, it, hold on, I don't think it can wait. be overstated enough. Let me just jump in <laughs> He's here. like, really wait quick. a this second. Is, yeah, this is I'm not done. I feel really strongly <laughs> about. Um, I think so many of us go into this entrepreneurship and starting a business. Um Mm. yes, you're going to have to figure out a lot of this on your own, but you need a mentor. Like you really need somebody to help you filter through good ideas and shiny objects. Like I struggle, like the shiny mm-hmm. objects are like my thing. And like, like, yeah. oh, I'm, I'm going to try this now and I'm going to try all- this now. Uh-huh. And knowing like uh-huh. when something really isn't working versus you're just getting it wrong. Like yep. get a mentor, like get mm. somebody that can help you through some of this stuff. And especially if you're fortunate enough to find somebody like Kristen that's going to be in the niche that you want to specialize in, that it's invaluable for how fast you'll go from point A to point Z with somebody like that. So Yeah, it makes a difference. It doesn't have to be me. There are a lot of people out there. I would say pick the one that that you resonate with because it is a working relationship and you Mm. want someone that you feel comfortable with, that you feel safe with, you know, that you can share that you trust, you know, and that doesn't happen immediately, but it should happen over time. You should feel that, that trust. And you want somebody that's super direct, like not someone who's just fluffing you, (laughs) fluffing you up. You want, like when I'm coaching people, I am really like, no, that, that don't do that. You know, (laughs) that's not going to help you because for me, I want my coaching clients to see a difference in their work with yeah. me and in their businesses. And if they 
could do it on their own, they would have done it and it would have worked, but it's not working. So, you know, how can we do it differently? And there's something too about having another set of eyeballs on your business, Mm. you know, and having somebody else who has vision, who has been there before that can kind of see what could work and what might not. And you want a coach too, if you're looking for one who is not like a cookie cutter coach who just does like a formula you want somebody who's really objectively looking at your business and letting you know what will work and what won't. And in case you do want it to be Kristen, all of her links will be in the description That's of right. this episode, of course. Um, well, Kristen, this was such a pleasure. We had so much fun chatting with you today. Um, you are an inspiration and a new, you have a new fan in me for sure. Aww, both of so, us. So, yeah, <laughs> I, I can't it. wait to, uh, to hopefully meet up with you again and uh, love it. to dive in more to what you're doing. It's incredible. Thank you so mm-hmm. much for your time today. You're welcome. Thank you. Hi, pet business owners. I hope you enjoyed that podcast episode. Again, I want to thank Jason and Sylvia for allowing me to release it. They also recorded it on video, so you can watch it on YouTube. I will be also including a link to the YouTube if you're interested in in watching it. Now that you've listened to it, you can also watch it, and that can be kind of fun. And a reminder that I have a number of free items on the show notes page at prosperouspetbusiness.com forward slash podcast 90. That's the number 90 again, prosperouspetbusiness.com forward slash podcast 90. Thank you so much for listening. I'm so excited to have released 90 episodes to date. Can you believe it? (laughs) I'm very excited about number 100, but that that's going to be a little bit, but I am going to be releasing more regular podcast episodes. So you will see me and my podcast in your feed more often than you have been, which I'm just thrilled about. Share your comments in the show notes. You can always write me a little note there. You can email me at admin at prosperouspetbusiness.com. If you have topics that you're interested in, I welcome them. If you are interested in possibly being a coaching client on the podcast, you can send me a very short audio message and attach that audio message and email it to me to admin at prosperouspetbusiness.com. Let me know what you're struggling with and I may contact you and have you come on the podcast and help you solve that issue or that challenge or answer your pet business questions. Have a wonderful day, and I'll see you soon on Facebook, on Instagram, and I look forward to connecting with you here for the next podcast episode. Take good care. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Prosperous Pet Business Podcast. It would be great if you would take a moment to write a quick review on iTunes. For any questions, comments, or pet business coaching topics you would like to hear on future podcasts, please visit us at www.prosperouspetbusiness.com or www.sixfigurepetbusinessacademy.com.